A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. Welcome back to A Word for Today. It's Wednesday the 17th of February, and we're going to look at the last sentence of verse 17 of 2 Peter chapter 2. It says this, For them, that's referring to the false teachers who are the topic or the subject of 2 Peter chapter 2, for them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. Now this verse is telling us it stands out as an odd verse in or an odd sentence uh, within that closing paragraph of 2 Peter chapter 2 because what it's describing is how God views false teachers and what he is actually planning to do with them. And he's saying that false teachers are utterly under God's condemnation. The gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. It means that they have been firmly set apart now. They are held in waiting now. Their final eternal destiny has been determined now, already. They are beyond hope. And that means already they are not going to change. Now that uh, may be uh, the rule of the road, as it were. But it does seem to say to us that we should not expect to have a ministry amongst false teachers. We should not presume naively to be able to win them over to our side. That is not the situation. No, rather we have to realize their true position. And uh, that means that we should truly honor what the Bible plainly teaches, which is that we should avoid false teachers. We should have nothing to do with them in any way that supports their particular ministry or that partners with them in their ministry. And Peter is now going to use this closing paragraph of chapter 2 to explain why this is the case. And he's going to do it by presenting two things. Firstly, he's going to explain what it is false teachers do. And then he's going to explain what it is false teachers are. And in knowing that, that should then encourage us, given that God has already reserved the gloom of utter darkness for them, already God has done that, that should convince us that we should not indeed have anything to do with them. We should avoid them. We should not gather in conference with them. So let's go to verse 17. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. What is Peter saying there about the false teachers? Well, he's comparing them firstly to waterless springs. That, that could be translated wells without water. Now, in the uh, life of the community of that time in the Middle East, uh, wells were life-giving places. So imagine yourself on a, a long and dusty journey across an arid desert, and in the distance you see a well, and you think, ah, there is life, there is refreshment, there is what I need to stay alive and to keep going. And you get to the well, and you're so thrilled, and then you find it's completely dry. You see, it's promised much and delivered nothing. That's the point that Paul is making about false teachers. They seem to promise everything 
but actually they deliver nothing. They are waterless springs, wells without water. The second phrase in verse 17 says, and mists driven by a storm. That word for mist probably means clouds. And again, we have to transport ourselves to an agrarian culture. This is before the days where you could pop off to the supermarket and buy your uh, food for the week. No, you needed to uh, grow your food and your cattle needed grass to feed on. And so when there was drought, uh, it was a terrible thing. And imagine that you're in a period of drought and suddenly you see clouds on the horizon. You say, look, this is so exciting. We're going to have water. Everything, our lives are going to be saved. We are going to be refreshed. The crops will grow at last. And as the clouds get closer and closer, you quickly rake over your patches and you plant out your seeds and you tell all your friends, look, isn't it marvelous? Here come the clouds. Here comes the water. Here comes the life. And then it just blows over and not a drop of rain falls. So again, you've been expecting something wonderful and prosperous, and instead, what you've got is nothing. You see, it's just picturing the attractive appearance of false teachers and the great attraction of the wares, of the things they offer. But they are deceptions. There is nothing there. And then in verse 18, we see... Uh, the verse says, For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. What that's saying is that these false teachers will be um, make very bold claims. It says loud boasts. It's really saying very high-sounding boasts. They will sound very grand but they are boasts of folly. Now, what is folly is what uh, uh, does not take account of God and is therefore worthless and futile. So it's very high-sounding, it's very grand, but it is actually utterly futile. And what do they do? Well, in verse 18, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. Remember the signature equipment of the false teacher? Indecency? And vice, that's always going to be the characteristic of what they advocate, not necessarily what they do themselves, but what they strive to legitimize for others. And that is a lure or a trap. One commentary said, grandiose sophistry, the hook, filthy lust, the bait. In other words, it's a, a grand-sounding argument that appeals to fallen human nature, which is why it is so popular. Fallen human nature finds a special uh, expression in corrupted sexuality. And so here they are legitimizing the very things that uh, the world wants. And who are they snaring by these things? Well, according to verse 18, those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. Those are the unsteady souls of verse 14. Notice that they are soul stealers. And uh, their natural choice of target uh, is uh, that of a predator on a herd. You know, when a, a lion or a leopard or something at attacks a herd, it will always identify what is the weakest member of the herd, on the edge of the herd, perhaps young, perhaps wounded, perhaps aged, um, somehow it will try to cut out 
that individual and uh, animal and pull it down. And that's just what predators do. That's what false teachers do. They are looking for victims. And uh, uh, those victims are usually those who are perhaps not yet quite Christians, perhaps those who are examining the Christian faith and in the process of escaping the uh, error of the world, as that last phrase of verse 18 says. But they seem to have a supernatural prescience, these false teachers, to identify such people and turn them aside with their deceptions, with their delusions, with their loud bursts of folly. That's what they do. Uh, we'll look at this again tomorrow. Heavenly Father, uh, as we look at what false teachers do, we pray that you would help us to hate that work with all our hearts, uh, to love the gospel that so opposes their work, and to act in ways that honor you, never ever lending them credibility um, in, in the work of false teaching, but always standing true uh, to your gospel. Please help us in this, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.